0: Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics, ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of May 15th. This is season three, episode 12. It is the fifth Sunday of Easter. We skipped last week as we were all busy with Mother's Day, but we are now halfway through the month of May. And at least in our house, in full-blown, celebrate my senior mode with prom, senior projects, AP exams, baccalaureate, graduation, and graduation parties. And of course, with all graduations, we have graduation speakers. I have listened to a number of them so far. But Anne, I'm curious if you have heard any good graduation speakers yet this season.
1: So, Haley, another good question. I have not... I'm anxious to hear what you have. Um, I know you posted one on Facebook and having been a graduation speaker yourself, I'm sure that's part of um, a fun way just to kind of recall that special memory. So I usually do watch Notre Dame's graduation, which I know was well today and yesterday. I didn't even check in on it, Um, but I paid attention to the valedictorian and the salutatorian. But other than that, And um, yeah, what do we got? Anything interesting? Some tips for our listeners? Any hot takes on who we should pay attention to?
0: Yeah, one of them I'll talk about during um, our flame or our spiritual stew because she referenced um, the gospel for today, which I'm super curious to know if she knew this particular graduation speaker knew that it was the gospel for this week. Um, but you know, I did, there was one, I saw one of the first ones that I watched was the, it was given by a nonverbal autistic. And I thought it was just fascinating. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but this is a, um, an autistic woman who graduated with a 4.0 from college, um, from Rollins college in Florida and she was she was voted by her peers to be the commencement speaker. But of course, being nonverbal, she does not have the ability to speak. So it's all done through an automated system, where she types out what she wants to say with one finger. I found it to be very moving. I found it to be you know in our world that can be so divisive, very inclusive, very um, you know celebrating neurodiversity. Uh, but it was interesting because I did get a private message from someone who uh, I don't know very well, but but respect, and you know I, I know she respects me as well. Who sent me a few different articles on the pitfalls of of allowing nonverbal autistics to communicate in this way, and so I'm still now wow. processing and trying to digest and do my own research in what this actually means and is it the are these now the words of the person who's helping her type are they actually her words does it matter you know if this is a speech that inspires others does it actually really matter where it came from i I think the answer is yes Uh -uh. but i don't know so it's you know it's really interesting there's a lot that goes into commencement addresses you are a hundred percent correct i take a lot more interest in them now than i did. 10 years ago before I was asked to speak at graduations. Uh, I do find them fascinating. It's, I know, I think because I know what goes into them. I know the privilege of being asked. I know the criticism that comes with being asked. I know the work that it takes to put together a thoughtful speech. There was, there was also a graduation speaker, and I'm going to space on the university. Probably doesn't matter, but I know it's a it's a well-known one who was criticized for. Um, relying on her friends, helping her write her speech and didn't realize that mm. it had been plagiarized from uh, another speech. So it's, Ooh. you know, again, there it's, it can be complicated and tricky, but I do I do, I do love the season. I think it's, a, it's an exciting, it's an emotional time. It's an exciting time as we launch, you know, young people to college, young adults into the world. It's a scary time, an unknown time, but it's certainly a time filled with hope. And graduation kind of wraps all that into it. Um, You know, there's a lot of rite of passages and traditions that go along with graduation and, and being a senior, certainly a senior in high school, as I have. I've never gone through these traditions before because, of course, my oldest son is class of 2020, so we're experiencing it for the first time. Which wow. is really neat, but has its own yeah. emotions that come with it as well, right? Yeah. Two years ago, I didn't know what my son was missing, and now I realize what he and and us yeah. as parents with him had missed out on. So it's 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 a fun time, but that's that's what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. Lot of yeah. lot of family stuff, lot a lot of um, just a lot of being in the moment and. Trying to appreciate every opportunity that we have to spend with our family, so that's where I yeah, am. Yeah, I
1: bet. Well, I have a question about the nonverbal autistic uh, woman. How is that any different than? I mean, you probably wrote your speech out before and had people look at it. So, how is you know a speechwriter? Anyone who employs a speechwriter, how is this different? Because. Uh, Didn't you read? If I was to give a speech, usually when I give a speech, I, I read from a script because I've I've given speeches where I've actually lost my point. So I almost like really do rely on that script. So I could imagine that some people would have bullet points or ideas and then they speak from that. But I would imagine it'd be interesting what percentage of people actually write out everything. And of what they write, how much is influenced? Like you were saying, this woman who that had the friends mm-hmm. give the input and, and whatnot. So that's super. That was interesting to me when you were talking about it. You know, last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about um, books on tape versus reading. We talked about braille and different that children are read to and whatnot. So we we're kind of unpacking the differences. So just for curiosity and clarity, how is it different for the Did you get a sense of that, Haley? You
0: know, that's actually a very good question because you're right. I would imagine now I did write my entire commencement address myself. I did. I did have others read it and proof it and just wanted that feedback. I but but you're right. I would imagine there are a fair number of commencement speakers that don't write their own address. I would imagine most presidents, for example, who are giving a commencement address are not writing their own speech. So that's a great question. Does it? Yeah. I mean, what's different? What's the difference between that and someone who um, has help with their speech in another way? Uh, that I, I don't have the answer for that. That'd be a great question yeah. for me to go back and and posed to my Facebook friend, uh, you know, for what, what's the difference? You know, did John Kennedy really write the words, you know, ask not what your country can do for you? No, in some yeah. way. I think he pilfered them from an earlier yeah. president in the 20th century. But it doesn't matter. They were inspiring. They have yes. made an impact. And, and I think that's what was my first point that I, to myself, even when I was thinking about sure. it, is you know, it doesn't really matter if this is something that inspires someone to try harder or dig yeah. deeper or branch out or be kind. I, I don't know if it makes a difference, if it really does yeah. help someone. So I yeah. need to I need to think about that a little yeah. bit.
1: The way I heard it was that this woman would have written her own and obviously, so she's not reading it. It's through a, but it's an automated voice. So it, it almost yeah, sounds like right. Siri is
0: giving it yeah, to you. Yeah. Right.
1: So um, very interesting. Thank you. Always a lot to think about um it is, it, as we've kind of framed these ideas in different ways i think it's funny i'm on the other end of seniors and i was writing an article about this year's variant of senioritis huh. <laughs> there's no vaccine for senioritis it's uh, annual some years it starts earlier than others but i was like joking about the characteristics of this year and You know, the effects of senioritis are an inability to focus on any one task for more than seven minutes, general apathy, some days are great, some days are (laughs) like, like the apathy reigns supreme. So it's funny because it is a, it is also a rite of passage. And I've enjoyed my seniors in general, but there are truly days where i I share a classroom with someone and he comes in and he's like, wow, he's like, they're so done. They're just so done. And I was like, yep, they're so done, you know, so they'll get there. We have, you know, prom this week and finals next week. So their senioritis will get some, some respite. <laughs> so it's interesting.
0: My son's high school and an, and actually a number of high schools here, I think have given into senioritis and embraced it in a way. So my but you have to my senior. I, I think you have yeah, to. yeah, I think mm-hmm. you do. My senior's last yeah. day of class was April 29th. So oh, wow. he has actually not gone to class since that last day in April. And then for, for seniors who had AP tests, of course the last two weeks have, have been filled with AP tests. So there are students who take those. Yep. And there are there are some students, some seniors for whom uh, the grades weren't, aren't quite gelling and they actually did have to go to classes for the last two weeks to make sure that they are, are getting the grades that they need to actually graduate. That's just a small handful. But for the most part, for the last two weeks, you were either taking AP tests or working on a senior project. And but there have really been no traditional senior classes. It's it's you and you and you can do a combination of both. So of course my, my son had, not of course, but my son had a couple AP tests he had to take. But then he also spent two weeks doing a senior project. Senior project can be anything you're interested in. It has to fall into the category of service to school, service to your community, or something vocational, something that you're interested in uh, as a as a Great. career and they on this past week this past friday had to give a presentation on what their senior project was it had to include 50 hours of whatever they were working on and then they're done so they actually haven't been to school in the last two weeks they've they've created this senior project where they are working they can work with their friends they can collaborate and it can really be anything so you know, one group of my son's friends built a mountain bike track in the back of the high school so that they now have this Mm. mountain bike course that's service to school. Um, you know, my, my son job shadowed, um, a couple of athletic directors at a school because he's interested in sports, um, and, and possibly education. So it's, it, it varies, but, uh, it's, I I guess it prevents them from going to school and checking out for two weeks and having teachers have to pull their hair out and try to get creative when teachers are done at the end of the year Mm -hmm. or not Mm -hmm. done, but maybe a little more like
1: like I'm working harder now. Absolutely. So it's
0: interesting. Uh, I love that.
1: I love that idea of a project. I've heard things like that, but I like the framework of it and what it can offer the school and for them to think about that. That's great. Leave a legacy. That's really wonderful. It's just,
0: it's just a thought might help the teachers out a little bit, but
1: (laughs) yes. Yeah. We have, we, you know, we do, we have, we have some good days. We had a good day um, this past week. We do a spiritual discipline and a sports discipline at the beginning of every class and the sports discipline was just free throws. So then you watch a video clip on like, what are three things you need to think about when you, take a free throw for effective free throw shooting, you know, every free throw line, there's a nail. And then you line up your foot from the, at the center. And then you, if you're right, you know, handed, you line up your right foot, right. Just a, a very close to the nail and then your shoulder. And it was fun just to have kids take free throws for 10 <laughs> minutes. Absolutely. But then you just see the difference between them. And I have three varsity basketball players in there. And then just the beauty of, the athlete who does it all the time, like the, how effortless it is. And I actually really appreciated the boys. I told them this, they, you know, we have like tons of basketballs in the storage area in one of our gyms and uh, they went in and they were like, here's the girls' balls, 28.5, you know, and then here's the other ones for the guys. And they made sure they were put away and taken care of. And I was like, wow, good. Like, there was like real respect for you know something that they do you just don't know and it was it was really a fun day and the boy so then we were talking about this um one of the boys so the number that they had we had a contest and tim is the kid who is on the basketball team he was going against this other kid Wyatt who's a baseball player And Tim said he would close his eyes when he took the free throws. (laughs) So he made nine out of 15. And Wyatt, with his eyes open, made 10 out of 15. And I said I would make a donation to the Knights of Columbus because they run a free throw shooting contest. And I think it's great that they do that because free throws is a discipline. It's like anything. If you practice it, right, you can measure your success. You can see it's something that you can. um, You know, kids might not have the ability to make a three point shot or dunk, or, you know, they might not have the ability just to be aggressive and rebound, but they can make free throws. So I just like that they do that uh, for young children. Nine to 14 is the age group, it looks like that they do it for, and they do it, you know, throughout the United States. So way to go Knights of Columbus.
0: You know, Anne, you make a good point, uh, or you you said something that spoke to me when you talked about how, you know, there are some basketball players for whom you know they're throwing a free throw and it's just effortless and then you see these other students who are trying really hard and there is such beauty in both of those and and it's really in anything we just had at the school where i work we have a mandatory eighth grade musical that all eighth graders have to be in and they all have to they all have their own lines they all have to sing they all have to dance and as you can imagine especially with eighth graders There are some students who are up on stage, and it's effortless, and they are in their moment, and it's really amazing to see. And there are some eighth graders who are very uncomfortable, and you can tell they want to be anywhere but there, and yet they're they're putting their heart and soul into this, and and maybe it's awkward, and maybe it's not perfect. But there's such beauty in that, too, of this child yeah. putting themselves yeah. out there and yeah. trying to do something that doesn't come natural to them, that might not, yeah. not be something that they love. And yeah, that, that was just something that we had gone through at yeah. our school. And that's exactly what I heard you talking about with the free throws. Yeah. It's And there really is beauty in both, in, in the gift yeah. of the athlete yeah. or the thespian or whatever talent it is, but also the gift of... Just trying and being a part of yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And there were, you know, I think you're right because there are some kids that actually didn't try and that was an issue. So I was like, everybody has to participate in this. But what I loved about what Tim thought of closing his eyes is we're talking about this in the challenge of flow. So flow is the psychological state mm-hmm. whereby challenge meets skill set. So for him, in order to get in the flow channel right you want to have the appropriate again challenge and but you have to have the ability so for him a shooting a free throw no longer is difficult but when you up the challenge right by closing your eyes then it makes it something more and we listened to this great great podcast because it is about flow with deepak chopra And Tom Brady's interviewed and they asked Brady, what does he look for in every game? And he says, I'm always looking for the perfect pass. And that's what keeps him going. Every game he wants the perfect pass. And so the question then was, what do you look for in your sports? And where do you find that? so today when i play golf for me right now it's like hitting with my irons when i hit them pure it's just such a good feeling because i have less control with my irons but when i hit them well it's i'm not going to say the tom brady perfect pass but they do the work that's what they're supposed the right club will do the work and so you get the result and that's part of the flow channel is you're getting immediate feedback Um, you know if you're succeeding so for the accomplished thespian his or her challenge or skill set is here and for those beginners it's starting there but the reality is both of them can enter into the to the flow channel that's yeah. the best part about it yeah absolutely
0: so, so pretty cool moving on to our spiritual stew it has a little bit to do with with graduation speeches that we were talking about earlier and i would be really curious so this is going to be one of my takeaways for you in our melting pot so I watched someone had posted uh, a graduation speech that Abby Wambach had given at Loyola Marymount in LA, mm-hmm. of course, a Catholic mm-hmm. University. and she she references John's Gospel that we heard today, uh, you know, as I have loved you, so you should also love one another. It's often phrased as "Love one another as I have loved you. Um, I don't know if we hear that somewhere else uh, in the Bible, but certainly we heard it today. And she references that as Christians, we we are to love as we want to be loved, and to be treated as we want to be treated. And I thought of you, Anne, when I was listening to it. Curious to know what you would think about it. It was, I it was it was somewhat political, but more social. I tend to stay away from that kind of stuff. I certainly would in a graduation speech. That's just me. Uh, but her platform is very different than mine. Obviously she's much more well known than I am as well. And she does have a very um she has a, a presence and a platform and a following where she can make a difference. Uh, it was, it was, but it was one of the few it was one of the few speeches that references something biblical or something religious, and uses it in a political way, although I hesitate to say that, that really, in a way, and I know I'm speaking slow, because I'm choosing my words very carefully, because I want to make sure that I'm articulating accurately what I really want to say, in a way that kind of boiled it down to very basics, which is... We need to learn to treat people the way we want to be treated. And very few people do that. I think we'd like to think that we do it. I think we sometimes think we do it. I know we all try to do it. I would like to think most people try to do it. Maybe some people don't. But it was it's a it was a really interesting take on The gospel that we heard today. So I need to listen to it again. I would love to talk to you about it either on or off our podcast, but I, I just, I thought it was done in a, I don't love mixing. I, I, you know, I'm not super against church and state. I'm not in that sense. So I'm not trying to, I, but I don't love it when people bring religion into politics and, and use it to sort of pontificate and hide behind that shield of christianity or whatever mm. their religion is but it was it i thought it was really well done in the sense that made it very simple and very basic if this is who we say is christians this is how we need to act so mm. yeah. uh, i would i would love to hear at some point what you think about that
1: so i know in the past she has she has a book right that's based on a former graduation speech that she gave she gave it at, is it Babson College? Um, and the reason I know this is because we had our coaches, coaching staff read her book, but okay. it's basically her speech. So this talk you're saying is this year at Loyola Marymount? Yes, LMU. Yeah. Okay. And so she references, is it, and and Abby Wombeck is married to a woman. Right. And is it talking about just marriage and, and is it talking about like love who we love? And uh, it's more.
0: That... It's more talking about if we are, and this is why I need to go back and listen to it again. If we are Christians and we are asking, you know, and we truly believe in yeah. in loving others as we want to be loved. If we you want know. to be treated and be respected for X, Y, and Z, then we need to respect everyone else for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And um so... it, it was just. It was an interesting take on it. It was yeah. an interesting take. Yeah, no, thank you. Yes.
1: But I, what I heard you say even before that was the question, essentially, do we treat others as we want to be treated? That's such a great question. That's the golden rule. Absolutely. That's uh
0: And we don't. That's, I mean, the bottom line is we you know, don't.
1: That's, and it's so basic. It's so simple. But that would just even be a great question for my junior moral issue class. Like, do you think we do this? Mm-hmm. And what does, if we do, what does that look like? And um, in John's gospel, yes, as I have loved you, so sh- you should also love one another. Uh, God loves us perfectly. God loves us generously, mercifully. These are the words that we're told, right? Merciful, like abundantly, uh, all so many different, again, like my cup overfloweth, it's just almost so much. So that's God's love for us, but yet yeah, do we even, what does that look like for us to each other? Interesting.
0: Yeah, not uh, even close.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. No. So, well, my piece of the stew is an interesting, and it, it probably isn't that different in some ways, but I have a coworker who I've talked about. Her name is Mary. She has um, a disability that she got when she was probably about 25. She has a walker, and it's, a, it's similar to like an MS family sort of thing. Um, congenital it affects her ability to walk and so she is very dependent on a walker now at the age of 31 so she doesn't run she still swims she um she has a recumbent bike she has a tricycle it's a really great looking trike we love it and uh, she talked about how important exercise is for her in fact for her it's really important because it just keeps those muscles strong and engaged but she was on retreat last weekend with Greg Boyle founder of Homeboy Industries Mm -hmm. author of um, Tattoos on the Heart and one of the she really needed to be on this retreat and he works with people on the margins and I just don't know how often we do enough for people who have disabilities and she can speak to this and does speak to it often. For example, the retreat house has one spot for people with a disability for parking. They have one room that's ADA compliant, Hmm. you know, and if they can't help people with disabilities and they have to be upfront about it, you know, there's the legal piece, but you know, it's... uh, what she needs, she has specific needs and they're real. And even just to be heard, to say, I need a bar in the shower. That's something that I need. Is that something that you can provide? And just, you know, we're called to listen to people who have real needs. And so there's that end of it, but Greg Boyle has this thought of the day, it's on YouTube, anybody can look at it. And one of the thoughts of the day, they're at Homeboy Industries and somebody within the community shares the thought and then they, you know. Put it out there for other people to hear. So it could be something like our spiritual stew, like a gospel reading, or a line from a commencement speech from a professional athlete who's taken right, scripture and whatnot. But the thought of the day was from Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and it was this quote Look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. You will always find people who are helping. And it was a reminder from his mom and he gave this message to children, you know, look for the helpers. There's always people who um, are willing to help. And Mary had said to me as her friend, how hard it is for her to ask for help. And I thought that was profound because this is a woman who has a disability. You would see it. It's not unobvious. She talks openly about it. How could you not know that she needs help? right? She needs help on the airplane. She needs help. Um, stairs are difficult, but she says it's hard to ask. So I'm thinking in our society about people who might not have something that you can see. And the principle probably remains, how hard is it to ask for help? Um, but the other side of that is look for the helpers, that encouragement, and that there are people who are wanting to help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, for me, it's been something I have to talk about in my moral issues classes with you know the supreme court leak and the potential overturn of roe v wade thinking about women in unplanned pregnancies who are in crisis pregnancies i thought this is the same message like look wh- who are the helpers who can who can help women you know and help children and and let's look for the helpers and encourage people to look for helpers whatever your side on it is but we have to help each other we yeah. can't just victimize and demonize other people um, how can we help each other? So I took real heart in that message from Mr. Rogers because um, we can all help. And Mary is a helper as well. Even though she has a disability, she helps hundreds of people. I see it all the time, right? Um, and I want to be one of those people too.
0: So first of all, I, I I have not, there are some people who are longtime Mr. Rogers fans and know a lot about his life. I was not one of those until... About a year and a half ago when a classmate of mine from Notre Dame wrote a book based on the education behind Fred Rogers and the... the Why are you telling me that? Oh, yes. the research Ray that Bear. went into his shows. Absolutely. So I've learned more about him because of that. And, and so I have heard that quote, look for the helpers. And it's so true in any type of... In, in any situation, in any trauma, tragedy, you know, happy event... There are always helpers there. It's, it's part of the goodness that we can find. But one thing that I will share that I do share with others often, and you could perhaps share this with your friend Mary as well, it is very hard to ask for help. I, I find it very hard to ask for help as well. However, one of the things that gives me most meaning, and I would imagine Mary is like this, and, and, and you are too, and I would imagine many people are, I take great meaning by being able to help someone. That, that is something I enjoy. That is something that feeds me. And, and so what I have learned to do is asking someone for help is giving someone that opportunity to feel really good about helping someone. And, and so sometimes for me, that's the only way I can ask for help is to remember the, the meaning that I take from being able Mm -hmm. to help someone and knowing that asking for help is giving someone else that opportunity to just really feel like they're making a difference and, and reaching out to someone. So it's, I don't know, you could perhaps share that with Mary in that, that perspective, but I do. um, I do appreciate Mr. Rogers for, for many of the things that he has shared.
1: Well, I know when father Hesburgh lost his sight, he said, you know, I get to ask so many people because He'd be in the airport and he maybe need to find his connection. He said, but I get to ask people to help me. And it was him talking about it as a positive, right? Where you see a deficit and um, I like the way you've spinned it. You were saying, you were acknowledging, yes, it could be hard, but there's the other side of it. It is a joy for me to help. So maybe somebody else gets to you know, have that experience when I need the
0: help. And and that's a great perspective that you share as well, Anne, because anyone who knows Father Hasberg would have viewed it as a privilege to help him, or I know he had many people read to him in the latter part of his life. To be a reader Mm -hmm. for Father Hasberg, what an amazing opportunity that would have been to sit down with him and read to him that, that, that's not a burden. That's not, but he had to ask for help there. And it gave such a great gift to those people that got to share those intimate moments with him. Amen. So my takeaway scared. for you, I'm going to send you the link to uh, Abby Wombach's LMU speech. I'm actually going to listen to it again as well. And really think about it. You know, she focuses more on women's rights in terms mm-hmm. of the sports business world. So I, I actually would be curious if you listen to it, it might be something you'd want to share with your classes. It's, yeah. it, would be, it would be a great, wherever you fall on it, it would be a great discussion piece. I think you'd get some, probably some interesting comments. So that's my awesome. take, my takeaway for, well, that's my takeaway for you. You can have your own takeaway, but <laughs> I yes. just need Her, to- It's
1: called Wolfpack. Okay, Wolfpack. I it, did the... see that. Yes. And the idea is, you know, in a, I think it's the science of the wolf pack, mm-hmm. which people are familiar with. Yeah. And she speaks to the yes. power of that. So I will maybe there that. will be another book to come from this speech. From
0: this one as well. Yeah. She talks yeah. about flipping. She talks about, you know, how, how hard it is to watch the news and she challenges her graduates to don't watch the news, get off your couch and be the news, you know, make the change that. Nice. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. My takeaway mm-hmm. this week is pretty basic, but super important. I just need to kind of wrap my head around taking care of myself. I It's just these last few weeks have been in many ways, just a little not out of control in a dangerous way, but I need to get some rest. I need to eat better. I need to just take care of myself. We have a lot going on and no one can ever reach the pull, the potential or enjoy the things they want to enjoy when they are not um, taking care of myself. So I'm going to take it down a notch and take a step back and try to just get
1: some more sleep. Haley, I don't, I don't think you can ever give that. I think you can, there's never a time when you can't give that reminder to somebody. I think that is always true for anybody, anywhere. At some point in time, it's just so good to hear that reminder because they're all related and it's something that we all have to constantly work on. I I don't know a person that doesn't have to focus on that. Like the other day, I just walked a little more slowly to my car and I was like, this is so nice. Like literally just slowed down a little bit. And I'm not talking about you know drinking more water which yes i need to do mm-hmm. i had a bag of popcorn buttered popcorn on the drive over here yes <laughs> nutritional value none mm-hmm. so whatever that it's it's holistic is what you're saying it's sleep it's food it's eating it's it's all of it because this is a busy time
0: it it well and it's foundational because what i have discovered and again i think we all know this but until it comes around and kind of bites you in a very real way You really can't do anything else if those basic needs are not met. So I need to um, Yep, just take a step back and not doesn't have to be a lofty goal every week. It's going to be very basic. And again, just like the gospel and just like what Jesus asks of us, the very basic, simple things can be very hard to do. But my goal is to try to uh, just take a step back.
1: I like it. And my goal this week will be to uh, help someone that, you know, we're doing that all the time, but maybe a little bit intentional about that. But also if I need help to ask somebody to help me as well. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Excellent. Well, Anne, have a great week. I hope our listeners have a great week and uh, we'll connect in seven days. Happy May. Thanks, Anne.